Hey folks, before we get to the next episode of Voices in My Head, I wanted to ask you to consider leaving a tip at my website, rickleejames.com. It's always going to be my intent to offer you this podcast for free, but the reality is that there are production costs involved. Things like recording equipment updates, domain name costs, Skype credit for guest phone calls, providing the Rick Lee James mobile app for free listening, and frankly, earning a little something for the hours of preparation it takes to bring you new podcasts every week. I know it's a tough economy, and that's why I want to keep this podcast free. But if you are enjoying the podcast and would like to swing a couple dollars my way, then come by my website at rickleejames.com, click on the tab that says Tip Jar, and leave whatever amount you feel able to give through PayPal. It's like when you're at one of my concerts and I leave a tip jar in front of the stage. Now, if you can't afford anything, please don't bother to give me a tip. And if it came down to supporting me or supporting a hungry person suffering from poverty, then by all means, give to them. But if you can, swing a few shekels my way, I'd be very grateful. That's all for now, so sit back and enjoy today's podcast. Blessings to you all. Live from Springfield, Ohio, it's Voices in My Head. The official podcast of Rick Lee James. I am Rick Lee James, and you're listening to Voices in My Head. If you hear this voice today, do not turn in the window. Well, welcome back, listeners, one more time to Voices in My Head, episode number 12. I am Rick Lee James, and I am your host on this crazy journey that I call Voices in My Head. Very excited to be uh, having a guest today, Eric Vinson, who is an old friend of mine and one of the great up-and-coming songwriters in Nashville. Going to play some of his music for you on the show today, and also going to have a great talk with him, and going to hear about his new albums, about the uh, songs that he's had on TV recently, and uh, just a a great all-around guy, another one of these guys that we need to do our best to support. So support your local musicians. Uh, First off, before I forget, um, I've got a Voices in My Head Facebook page. Many of you know about this already, and uh, while many of you listen to the podcast, a lot of you have not come to the Voices in My Head page and clicked like, and if you do that, you can become a part of the Facebook community, and uh, you can kind of get updates about what's going on with Voices in My Head. You can uh, do question of the week and you know answer that. I put one up every week, and you can add uh, the, your own discussion uh, to the board, and I, it helps me uh, be able to know uh, what people are you know wanting you can give requests there and uh, you can actually write in maybe ideas for future episodes you can do practically anything and I really want this to be a a community type uh, oriented podcast and I'd love to hear back from you so uh, if you haven't done it yet please go to the voices in my head the Rickley James podcast Facebook page Click like and uh, and join the community there. I'd love to hear from you. Also, just real fast, uh, still offering for a limited time on cdbaby.com. If you go there and type in my name, Rick Lee James, um, all of my albums are available digitally for only $4.99. Um, they sell a lot of places online and even a, a few uh, physical stores, uh, but you won't find them this cheap anywhere else. Even iTunes, I think, is $10 an album, something like that. So it's a special that I'm running right now for you, the listeners of Voices in My Head, $4.99. Also, don't forget, if you go to a website called theworshipservice.com, Fred Human, who who is our guest last week here on Voices in My Head, is offering a $5 discount on his new book, uh, Magnify. And uh, it's it's really a great book. You, need, you could buy it for your worship leader or for yourself. So make sure you pick up a copy of that. Um, All right, well, without waiting any longer, the main thing I want to talk about right now, I'm a little nervous to do this, actually, because I'm going to play a brand new song that I've never played, um, except for myself. I wrote it yesterday. I've been working on it for about two days. And the reason I'm going to play this song is uh, my wife actually, when she has the chance, listens to voices in my head. And this is going to be coming out around Monday, and Monday, the 26th of March, is our one-year wedding anniversary, and I wanted to write her a song because, uh, Jen, I love you, and um, I'm so happy to be your husband, and as most of my listeners know, if you've listened for very long, um, the, the reason for this song is this isn't my first marriage, 
And, um, you know, the, the days are past where I thought love was just like a fairy tale thing. And, and I've had to learn that, uh, you know, that marriage is actually something you, you work on. It's, 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 uh, uh, you know, we're still in kind of that honeymoon phase right now, but I wanted to write a song and I wanted to tell you, Jen, um, that I want this to be something deeper than just feelings. And, you know, we, we hear the adage about you're my ball and chain. And uh, I, I wanted you to know that that's not how I feel about you. And that's never what I want this marriage to be or this marriage to become. I want to keep short accounts and let you know that you're not my chain. You're my freedom. And, uh, and that's actually, you know, what the promise is for, that we are supposed to be there for each other and loving God and loving each other. And so um, I, I hope this sounds okay, and I hope I don't mess it up. I may mess up the chord structure, and I'm not even saying this is in its final form, but um, this is my way of saying happy anniversary to my wife, who I love dearly. And uh, Jen, this song is for you. So here we go. Right now 
Cause I don't wanna be free If you're the tie that binds me down Oh, if you're the tie that binds me down I don't wanna be free from you I don't wanna be free I don't wanna be free from you If you're the tie anniversary Jen I, I hope you like that song I really don't think it's done yet and I even uh, messed up some of the words on there but um, I, I hope you can hear my heart through it I, I want it to be something so much more than just something sappy and sweet and shallow um, this this is something I'm committed to for the long haul so happy anniversary honey and for the rest of you out there that are not my honey thank you for indulging me that song but that's kind of part of my anniversary gift to her so thank you voices in my head listeners for being a part of this special moment and uh all right gonna move on with the podcast at this time well moving on we have lots of segments on this show from week to week and uh, sometimes we have more than others and this is one that has been consistent uh from the beginning of the show um i, I think it's been consistent. I don't remember from if I had it on the first episode or not. But anyway, uh, question of the week, and uh, it's a good question this week, and we got several good answers. So here we go. Question of the week. Well, this question of the week also has some feedback to it, so I also want to add another sound effect in here. Feedback. Because uh, Matt. Cole, Matthew Cole, rather. I need to call him Matthew Cole. If you just put Matt Cole in on the internet, you're going to get something you don't want to see. But um, anyway, he wrote in, and he has written, I believe, every single question of the week. And he had some feedback, and he said two things. So we're incorporating feedback with question of the week right now. Because the question of the week was, who is your favorite, Beatle, John, Paul, Ringo, or George? And uh, he says two things. Just listen to the Andrew Peterson podcast and it was really good stuff. So that's the feedback from listener uh, Matthew Cole this week. And now his answer for question of the week. He says, second on the question of the week, Ringo Starr was definitely my favorite Beatle. That's going to be very funny uh, as you're listening to uh, the prior recorded interview with Eric Benson because we talked about how it doesn't seem like anybody has Ringo as their favorite Beatle. And Matt had no way of knowing that. But anyway, continuing with Matt, what Matt says... He was a percussionist, which is a huge plus for him. I could imagine some saying John Lennon. I can see why some would say, say, say Paul McCartney for his duets. And just don't bother me with all those who would say George Harrison. Ringo got the lead on Yellow Submarine. Nuff said. Um, and, and then he calls him a, a true genius later on. So uh, I don't know what you think about that, listeners. If you want to call into the phone line and give your opinion about what he said about George and Paul and uh, the, and um, and John, feel free to do that at 937-505-0162. Uh, but uh, give me just a moment here. I'm actually on Facebook. This is how live we are right now, and I'm trying to go to the question of the week so I can see what the answers were this week. Uh, I, I got Matt's, and here we go. All right, question of the week. We had answers, and can you take a wild guess as to who won this one? It actually was a, a, a pretty close competition. Um, there was a tie, a three-way tie, actually, in votes between George, Ringo, and Paul McCartney, which was surprising to me. I thought Paul was going to have a ton. Personally, Paul is my favorite Beatle. Uh, but John Lennon won uh, this contest on Voices in My Head. So congratulations, John. Um, you know, wherever you are today, um, maybe one day you can get the band back together or something. But, uh, it, you know, the Beatles are, are a fantastic band, and uh, they, they were revolutionary in their time. And uh, I think all music, including 
music we sing in church, honestly, has been influenced in some way by that sound that the Beatles came out with. So it's really, uh, you know, if you haven't ever listened to the Beatles before, and I know as time goes by, there's more and more people that have not in the younger generation. And if you're learning about music and you want to know more about the craft of songwriting and, and the craft of um, you know, marrying the melodies to the words and your instrumentation and all that, and people who just did a lot of different things and experimented all the time. Listen to the Beatles. Uh, they're all great, but, you know, uh, John won, but my personal favorite is Paul, and apparently more people than I thought like Ringo, and uh, I'm surprised we didn't get more votes for George, because you got to love George. He's um, He's one of my favorites as well. I just like them all, and as someone said, you can't have one without the other um, on the Voices in My headline. Actually, I, I need to look at that. I'm on Facebook currently. Why don't I just look and quit babbling and I can tell you who said these things. Um, let's see. Uh, I thought I had... Yeah, it was Colleen Andrews. Oh, Colleen from Indiana. She says, can't have one without the other. And uh, I kind of feel that way about the Beatles myself. So, um, well... Um, all right, well, I'm going to move on. Sorry, I, I shouldn't have the Internet up while, up while I'm talking because then I get looking at other things. So um, maybe I should have the Facebook podcast one day. That would be fun. Maybe I should set a time, and we'll get people on Facebook chat, and you guys can chat in comments during a live podcast. That would be awesome. Well, even as awesome as that would be, we're not going to do it today. I've got a great guest on the show today, and I'm going to play one of his songs for you before we begin. Eric is a wonderful songwriter. He's a wonderful musician. He's been given some honors that not everybody gets to have as a songwriter. Uh, everything from playing the Bluebird Cafe uh, as a featured artist to having music on a couple different television shows on network television. and So couldn't be prouder of him, and I have to just put this in um i was fortunate enough uh, eric was one of the older students in one of my first youth groups actually when i was youth pastoring and uh, it's been so great to uh, to see him grow up not only in the lord but as a musician and as a person who is just respected by so many people and by his peers and uh, i encourage you to check out his music and you're going to really want to go listen to more of him after you hear this song and then we're going to go straight into the interview so enjoy the interview and the music of Eric Vinson here today on episode 12 of Voices in My Head.
Today on episode 12 of Voices in My Head is an up-and-coming Nashville singer-songwriter to keep your eyes and your ears on. Aside from having song credits on television shows like Brothers and Sisters, touring the internet internationally, playing music, and recording with top talents like Andrew Osinga, the lonely astronaut himself, and uh, being a solid all-around musician, Eric is also just a great guy who has reached the pinnacle of his career today by being on my podcast, Voices in My Head. So, Eric, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. I'll, uh, I'll send you the check for that intro. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully, you know, I said you've reached the pinnacle by being here today because once people associate you with me, your popularity will plummet, no doubt. So, <laughs> I don't, maybe it'll just reach new heights. Yeah. Oh well, <laughs> we can always hope. So. Yeah. Anyway, but really, thank you for being here today. This, hey, and it's been so fun. It's, it's fun to connect like this. Yeah, I'm I'm excited, and uh, I just I told you a minute ago, but I'm going to tell the listeners just to be aware. Both Eric and I, although Eric's in Nashville and I'm in Ohio, we both have dogs running around. So uh, it's such a nice day. The doors and windows are open. So I have two dogs that may run in and out, and you may hear a little activity uh, because they want to be on the podcast, too. Um, and Eric has a dog as well. So we'll just see what happens. You know, it just it just shows how real we both are. This That's is not fabricated. That's right. We'll see if this podcast goes to the dogs or not. But anyway. That's right. <laughs> well, Every week, I ask my guest um, the question of the week, and uh, the question of the week this week is, uh, it's, sometimes they're silly, sometimes they're serious, and this one's not really either. It's kind of just a, uh, a preference question, and I know you're going to like this because I know you like the Beatles. Oh, yes. So, the question is, the question of the week, and by the way, listeners, you can answer these questions uh, on Facebook, or you can uh, call the phone line, which um, I don't have memorized, so I don't know what it is, but look at the website, rickleyjames.com, and you can answer these questions. Um, the question is, and this is the question for you to answer today as the guest, Eric, who is your favorite Beatle, John, Paul, George, or Ringo? Oh, man. Um, this is such an easy question for me. It's Paul McCartney, without a doubt. Um, I just love everything that he touches. I mean, it's just so great. He's so inspiring to me as a songwriter, as a musician, and he's definitely number one Beatle, followed by George Harrison, probably. Mm. Now, is he like, uh, I, I mean, I know George Harrison's dead, but Paul, isn't he like in his 70s now? Um, uh, he, I believe it's 69 or 70, yeah. yeah he's, he, I actually just saw him live back in August for the first time, wow. and it, it was like he was 23, man. I mean, it was like nothing had changed. He's still a rock star. Well, that's the amazing thing to me. Like, did you see him on the Grammys recently? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you know, Dave Grohl and Bruce Springsteen, and I, I forget a bunch of other people came, you know, out playing with him. And I just thought, okay, here's a guy who's like my grandparents' age. <laughs> yeah. I I cannot imagine. Mike, they don't even like rock music, so I can't imagine. <laughs> like, oh, I mean. That's the fact that he's still able to do what he does at the level at which he does it is just it's insane. It's yeah. It is amazing. I mean, he probably has more energy than I ever will have, and I'm a much younger man than him. So. Yeah, so true, man. And you're, he, a much, you're a much younger man than me, so anyway. Hey, he's still, his energy level is still greater than mine. Hmm. You know, he's just, uh, he's just the Beatle for me. I, I just can't get around uh, around what he's done as a songwriter and and just the creativity he brings to the table. 
kind of makes you feel bad for Ringo, though, doesn't it? Because I know if you ask this question, do you think anybody ever says, Ringo, man, he's my favorite? <laughs> Actually, have you seen the uh, the movie 500 Days of Summer? Uh, no, I've, I've wanted to see that, and I haven't had an opportunity to see it. If you see that, uh, Zoe Deschanel's character in the movie actually claims that Ringo is her favorite Beatle because nobody gives them enough love. <laughs> that's great. So, Well, I don't feel too bad for him because he's a very rich man. But, but uh, and he's still alive. Yeah, he is still alive. So um, the, the Beatles reunion tour is getting harder and harder to, <laughs> yeah, harder, harder to put together. They don't want to, like, wheel caskets around, uh, you know. The, yeah. Maybe eventually when all four of them are gone, that's what they'll do. The Beatles reunion tour, and they'll just, like, like they do with museum tours with the uh, oh, yeah. mummies and stuff. It'll just oh, yeah. keep the, the Beatles on display. <laughs> or they'll just play, like, the Help DVD. Yeah. <laughs> and then they can actually do the Paul is Dead thing at the yeah, end. <laughs> it'll be like a we're going to feel bad if, like, we say this and Paul dies or something real oh, fast after the podcast. We, I'll never do a podcast again. Not only do we not want that to happen, Paul, if you're listening, you're welcome to come as a guest on my show. I'm more than welcome, you know, welcoming yeah. you today. So. And, Paul, I'm happy to write a song together anytime you want. <laughs> That's right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's move on from uh, from some great songwriters to another great songwriter, you, and uh, I, I got to tell you, listeners out there, that if you haven't had a chance yet to listen to any of Eric Vinson's music, and I want to spell that for you, it's V-I-N-S-O-N, not to be confused with Vincent. Uh, you know, that is a common misconception. Yes, it is, and I want to make sure it's it's clear today. But you can. They're a good man. They're a good man. Yeah, you can find Eric Vinson's music online, and we'll talk more about how you can get it later, but. Um, gosh, he's just a great songwriter, and he's progressing, and every album is just better than the next, in my personal opinion. And um, matter of fact, I was just listening to some of your music again, and uh, it had been a little while since I'd listened to your album, uh, the new one, uh, Rhythm of the World, and uh, I'd just forgotten how good it was, you know, so it was nice, nice to get to hear it again, and I mean, the production quality is so good, and um, so anyway... First of all, let's get that out of the way. If you haven't heard him, pause the podcast right now and go hear him because he's great. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? I'm probably going to intro this interview by playing one of your songs. So, uh, okay. Never mind. You don't have to stop the podcast. You'll hear how great he is. But it's no excuses any longer. <laughs> that's right. Well, um, tell us a little bit about uh, the rhythm of the world. Your, it's your new project, and uh, I actually have an autographed copy, folks. So be jealous. And uh, but yeah, don't eBay that thing yet. Don't I, eBay. I'm waiting for the value to go up and up and up. Yeah. But I do have it on my iPod, so who needs the CD, right? That's right. Okay. <laughs> In today's music age. That's right. Yeah, the project was um, was a long time coming for me. It was uh, something that you know probably lasted at least a year and a half. Not because uh, it took that long to record, but it just took that long to find the time to do it. I was very fortunate enough to work with uh, a good friend and just, just an amazing musician, producer, engineer, Andrew Osinga, um, who I was just so blessed to work with. And uh, I was writing a lot of songs for TV and film placement at the time, and so a lot of the songs kind of have the same feel. And, um, you know, we could have recorded so many more, but we stopped with what we did because we felt like they went together pretty well and, and really gave a good... Um, uh, just like a good representation of where my music was sort of heading and the direction I was hoping to go. Hmm. That's great. Well, one of my favorites, and I I don't know if you saw my tweet, it's been months ago now, but um, I think it was after having Mexican food or something one <laughs> night. Uh, <laughs> I had your song Can't Sleep going through my head. Oh, yeah. And by yeah. the way, it's it's not a comedy album, folks, but my tweet, <laughs> my tweet to you on Twitter um, was I couldn't sleep because my stomach was kind of hurting. <laughs> and, and I said, I, I think I tweeted to you, can't sleep, not because I don't want to try, but who knew this food had a memory or something oh, like that. Oh, gosh. I don't think I saw that. How did I, I, it was a long time ago. I figured you didn't see it, but... Uh, Oh, I hate that I didn't do that. <laughs> but uh, that's uh, one of is it the first song on the album? I can't remember. It's, it's yeah, it's the first song on the album. Man, great, great song. Um, and 
the, the words actually are who knew a heart had a memory. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, do you have any favorites? I'll tell you, I have, like, a few favorites. Uh, Rhythm of the World, Can't Sleep, um, and When It Is Right are probably my three favorites on the album. But tell me, tell me, like, just some of your, they're all your babies, you know. Yeah. Tell yeah, me some of your favorites. I was just having a conversation with somebody about new songs and how they are like babies and you're scared to put them out to the world. But, you know, um, for me on that album, uh, the song When It Is Right, I think, is one that, um, I, I don't know if it just resonates with where I'm at now more than even when I wrote it, but it's it's one that I kind of can sit back and listen to and be really proud of. And um, Can't Sleep, too, is, is just a song that I love to play and um, that people really get uh, excited about and, and that have told me that they've liked it. So it's always neat to kind of see something that you do be accepted by others and I think because maybe that song has been embraced the most it makes me even like it more so well and I think all the songs on the album you've really I feel like on this album you kind of really found your own sound you know and your own niche at your your first album was uh I believe it was called There to Hear is that correct well and then my first like real album yeah that, that would be yeah. it and uh, and that was, you know, in my opinion, that was a great one. And, and I was shocked to find out that you don't really care for it that much. You know? Oh, man, no. It's not it, fun. That, and, that, that album was, was comprised of, like, the first songs that I had really ever written as a songwriter. So the the songwriter in me now just kind of scoffs at that songwriter that was. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I but I, I appreciated what it did at the time. You know, it really kind of got me excited about this passion that I had, and you know, it gave me a lot of cool opportunities. I was able to to play a lot of shows with some really cool artists back then with with that album. So I mean, it it definitely paved the way for where I am now. I can't I can't neglect that, but I don't necessarily uh, play any of those songs anymore. Well. That's too bad, because Silence in April is one of my favorite songs uh, anyway, whether you like it or not. So, um, anyway, that's... But it really is, you know, for a first album especially, it's not bad. So, um... I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of being a little dramatic, but... <laughs> but then... And now, I just, I like so much better than where it was. Yeah, well, and, and I was going to say about that album, the reason I mentioned it, because... It felt like to me it had maybe more of uh, more of your producer in the album than you. You know, like I, it, it felt it felt like to me it was your songs, but it was somebody else's take on them, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it just got a lot bigger than I had originally desired, and and you know I think that happens a lot with with a lot of artists, especially new ones when they when they, you know, go in to record a record, all all of a sudden you're able to do so many different things and you're able to add so many different instruments and layers and then by the end of it, you're kind of like, what happened to my song? Yeah. Um, And so, I, you know, I don't feel that way about all the songs on that record, but there are some that I definitely think uh, got away a little bit. Well, I have to say another one that is one of my favorites that uh, I haven't heard you play a lot, but the song Bright Eyed, for some reason... That song has just, like, been great for me. And every time I sing it, I start doing the harm. Like, every time it comes on <laughs> my iPod, I start doing the harmonies to it, you know? <laughs> I love it on the roof. That song, you know, I that, that's been a long time ago. I and mean, it's probably been uh, six or seven years ago that I wrote that song. And um, I, I really do think that when I wrote that song, it was a big step towards the direction that I'm going now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've sort of my, I, I, as a songwriter, I really try to just kind of relate life. And for me, you know, that usually is trying to bridge the gap between, you know, the the world and, and sort of God and, and all the spiritual elements of, you know, that people may or may not have. And so for me, being a believer, it's it's really, um, it's, it's impossible for me to write a song that's, that, that doesn't really involve that process at all, whether it's thanksgiving or gratitude or doubt or whatever so i really do think that bright eyed was was really my first step in into that direction um which is kind of i've never really thought about that until right now but i really think that was a a big a big song for me 
Well, I'm trying to go in chronological order, too. So we had 30 here, and then what was the name of... It was kind of a shorter CD that, that Bright-Eyed was on, and I forgot the name. Yeah, it was, uh, it was called the Changing Colors EP. Changing Colors, yeah. And there's some really solid songs, and I remember thinking when I heard that album, like, it really had your stamp on it. Like, it felt like yeah. when I listened to you, and whether it's in a coffee house or even with your, your band, you know, didn't matter what the venue was, this is... It captured a little bit more of what it was like to actually listen to you, you know, and, yeah. and hear you. And uh, that that song to me is just the bright eyed was. That's I don't know. I just felt I feel such hope when I listen to it, and it yeah. just has such a good feel to it. It's not not like a feel good song, but it really is one that kind of builds and started, you know, um, taking different directions yeah. musically and and kind of starting this. This building of the song, it starts out real quiet, and then by the time it's done, it's just really, you know, you're you're running with it, and the song was just opened up, and I loved it. You know, it just was great. I, I do think it's a very hopeful song, and I think that's kind of where you get that feeling of it being more upbeat than it actually is, but it, it really is. It, it was a very special song at the time for me, um, for that album. It was it, When I think about that album, that's the song I think about for sure. Well, then you had uh, the album Free, which uh, unfortunately some people look at the cover and they think, hey, this album's free. So they, you know, grab it. <laughs> if you only knew how many times that album walked away on its own. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a great name, but also a terrible name. For I'll, an album. I'll, I'll never do it again. It was so bad. But it was it's funny, you know, because at that point, you know, I don't know why I was really trying to sell records anyway. I just. I just wanted people to have them, so maybe it was <laughs> maybe it was fortuitous that it, it was called free. Yeah, <laughs> I remember you saying that at one of uh, the concerts. Actually, you were playing here in Springfield at the Old Mundo Cafe. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And I remember you mentioning that there's CDs over there. It's called free, but it's not free, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the first time I realized that was happening, I just was so confused because I think I had had like ten CDs sitting out in the back, and I. I went back, and the person running the merch table was like, yeah, we sold one. And they handed me a $5 bill, and then I looked down, and there were there were only like four left. Oh. <laughs> Wait, there's six of these that are not here, or five of these that aren't accounted for. So, and, then it, and then it hit me, and, and then, you know, from then on, I was just kind of trying to give them away. I found that happens to me with, uh, with download cards. Everybody thinks they're business cards. And, oh yeah, and uh, they they grab them off the table, and I have this big sign that says "Not business cards," <laughs> but they they still end up going in somebody, you know. And then I'll see, I'll get the notification online somebody's downloaded it, and then I'll be like, yeah. "You're the one that stole my my music," but that's okay. <laughs> as long like, as you're listening to it, as long as you're listening to it, I don't care. That's right. So, uh, but no, that's that's really great. So you went from free, and then you came into the Rhythm of the World album. Mm-hmm. And some of your music, you know, in that time frame, has you, you already mentioned some songs for TV placement. Uh, one I'm thinking of in particular that I think has been on a couple of television shows now um, is a song that uh, I believe was recorded by Matthew Perriman Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about that and kind of where it's gone for you? Yeah. Um, you know, Matthew is an excellent artist. And songwriter, he's had a lot of success with TV film placement. And just as an independent artist, he was on a Nashville movement called 10 Out of 10, which is a really cool collection of songwriters. And so we actually, uh, for a while, attended the same church here in Nashville and gotten to know each other a little bit. And so we sat in a room together alongside of a longtime friend and songwriter um, collaborator uh, named Lindsey Jones. And they're actually they both they both have the last name Jones but are not related. Hmm. And um, we wrote uh, only you and um, you know we liked the song and, and Matthew was thinking about cutting it for his album which was really exciting and so then it kind of disappeared for a while and then out of the blue I uh, got an email saying that he had recorded it and it got picked up by brothers and sisters and so that was just a a really exciting thing because um, it was a, a sort of a a place in music business I was really hoping to find some ground in, in the TV film thing, because I think that my music can can sort of fit that mold sometimes. So, um, so yeah, it was really cool. And then, you know, about a year later, it popped up again, uh, most recently on Pretty Little Liars. So 
uh, yeah, it's, it's been cool to see that song kind of start so small, just with some friends hanging out, riding together, to being on a couple TV shows. Mm, that's really neat. And I imagine it was a moment similar to uh, that scene on that thing you do when everybody's jumping around. You know, uh, yeah. You with, <laughs> when it came on TV, everybody's just jumping around screaming yeah. probably at your house. Like, you know, when it was on, it, this is a really funny story. There was bad weather coming through Nashville. And so we're all, we have probably a group of 25 that gathered together to watch it. And halfway through the show, it goes to the newscast. Oh, them talking about severe weather. And you're like, well, you've got to be kidding me. This is what's happening tonight. So we, we did not get to watch it in real time that night because of the severe weather coming through Nashville. They, they cut it off. They weren't showing the show. So thankfully, um, my sister-in-law, who lives in Louisville, had FaceTimed me on the phone. And so we all kind of gathered around the iPhone. I mean, it was perfect for an Apple commercial. Uh-huh. But they all gathered around the iPhone and, and listened and kind of watched it on my phone rather than the TV. <laughs> so it, it was pretty crazy. I ended up be, seeing it later, but it was just really funny how all, all that happened. Wow, I had no idea about that. That's got to be discouraging when you're trying to hear that. Yeah, it was kind of like, I'm working so hard for this, and then, you know, it wasn't there. But it, it actually just was really, I don't know, it it was it was just kind of neat to for it to happen the way that it did because it it even made it that more, much more special, you know. Well, it's funny that that you said that about yours. I guess it's God's way of humbling us as writers uh, sometimes because I I remember uh, it wasn't actually on the Andrew Peterson podcast when he was on a few weeks ago, but I remember one time him telling the story about um, uh, the song um, "I've Got Nothing to Say." Uh, "Nothing to Say" is the name of the song, and he said. Yeah. He said, this is the closest thing to a, a radio hit I ever had. And he said, um, he said, but I don't really listen to Christian radio that much. <laughs> and he said, so we were listening and listening and listening and trying to hear my song. And, and we just, it seems like everybody was telling us they were hearing it, but then I never got to hear it. <laughs> and he said, and, and then he said, the one day it came on the radio, um, and he was home and it was on and he said it was like the most exciting moment and he was like yes I'm like the biggest star in the world and he said in that moment his son had like the biggest explosion out of the back of his diaper like all, <laughs> all over the wall and the crib and everything and he was like Gosh. oh great so it was he said it was immediately in that moment I went from rock star to oh man <laughs> so he just felt like that was God's way of humbling him in that moment so and it's a that's so funny. <laughs> well, uh, I want to move on a little bit before uh, I want to take all of your time today, but tell us some about uh, this gig you just had. Um, and, and let me preface just a little bit. Uh, if listeners don't know what the Bluebird Cafe is, then you're not from Nashville, Tennessee, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because, because the Bluebird is a, is a historic place that Really, it's the ambition of many songwriters to, to get to be featured at a place like that because they don't just let anybody in. And uh, you recently did a show there, and I think that's amazing. I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, I had uh, played there a couple times before, but not. Um, they were both a part of like uh, fundraisers or just kind of special outside events. And um, I connected with them because I had a desire to, to play in the round and um, so thankful and blessed that they they gave me a shot and they they featured me at an early round. Um, they have an early round and a late round, and so you have to play the early rounds before you can play the late rounds and all this stuff. So anyway, we uh, they they gave me a spot. I was allowed to to pick my other riders in the round, and um, I had three people in mind who were here locally that I thought would just be great to to be involved, and they all said yes. And so it was just a really Really cool night. It sold out in like two days and um, was probably one of the greatest shows I've ever been a part of. Just to be in that historic venue where, you know, some songwriting heroes of mine have played, like Patty Griffin, you know, Toby Keith. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I might last for the next 15 minutes, so it's. <laughs> Uh, Patty Griffin, you know, really is a songwriting hero of mine, and right there. So it was just really neat to. Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry that if you guys know anything about Eric, Toby Keith is is not anywhere close to the way that he likes. 
Oh, man. It was, it was, I'll let it I, say, I, Toby Keith, if you're listening and you want to come on the show, you're welcome. So. Yeah, Toby, no offense, man. If you want to write a song together, I'll be happy to do so. Uh, but it, it was just, uh, you know, um, all, all silliness aside, it was really just a, it was an amazing night, um, you know, surrounded by great songwriters, great friends, uh, people of Nashville. It's just a really special thing. The writers that I got to play with me were... Uh, Michael Logan, who I know that you know Rick really well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had cuts with Kelly Clarkson, Matt Carney, and all kinds of stuff. Uh, uh, a good friend of mine named Stacey Lance, who I've written with, and she's actually on the Rhythm of the World album. Mm-hmm. And then um, a friend named Jillian Edwards, who's kind of an up-and-coming songwriter who's new to Nashville, but um, was in the top ten on iTunes for a while and just really, 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 really good. So I'd, I'd encourage the listeners to check all of them out as well. Gosh, that sounds like a neat night. Well, you know, one of my regrets about living so far away from Nashville now um, is that I don't get to see some of the great shows that I used to get to watch whenever I was there. And, yeah. you know, for whatever reason, 10 years ago, God called me to live in Springfield, Ohio. And yeah. uh, and it's usually I don't mind that, but when stuff like that happens, I'm like, doggone it, I wish I could go yeah. see Eric tonight. But, uh, you, you know, that's like I think that if you're in Nashville for a for too long, not not necessarily too long, but you kind of start to take that for granted, which I hate because I don't go to nearly as, as many shows as I should just because they happen all the time and you think, well, I'll catch them next time or, mm-hmm. you know, and that really is a bummer because some of these shows that come through here, if they were in any other town, would be sold out shows. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a blessing and a curse because it's, it's hard to play here when there's so many other things vying for people's attention. Well, I remember you and I both went to Trevecca University there in Nashville, and there was at one time out on Murfreesboro Road, just down the hill from the college, or sorry, the university, um, <laughs> it was, there was a little cafe that has probably been six different cafes since the time I went to school there. And, you know, I, it, people do take it for granted because I remember one night driving by that cafe um, and Phil Keggy was in there playing music, and it was not sold out. Like it was, it was just like, um, okay, people are sitting around eating burgers, listening to Phil, and uh, you know, anywhere else. Like he came to Ohio here recently and played, and, and I mean, people are just like, wow, we'll never get to see Phil Keggy again, you know, in Nashville. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, it does make it a bit more special, though, I guess, uh, for us when we get talent like that in the area. So. Yeah. Uh, well, that sounds like a really neat night. I'm, I'm kind. Of, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I'm more than impressed that you got invited to do that at the Bluebird. That's fantastic. So yeah, it, was really, it was really cool, and it just, it just went better than I even anticipated. So I, I hope that, um, I hope that it's just the start of, of sort of a, a new chapter where I'm, I get to be a part of, of cool shows like that. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, I know you've also done uh, some international travel here in in recent days, or I guess in recent years, I guess I should say. Not like you were just there last week, but yeah. Um, t- tell us about some of that, because that's not something everybody gets to do either. And I know that that you've done quite a bit of it, like your father, who seems to travel yes. all over the world quite a lot. But yeah, uh, tell us about I, I, some of your travels. Sure. I guess I get I sort of have inherited the itch from my dad, who has been a part of a crazy amount of mission trips and gotten to travel the world, but um, for me, they, the opportunities kind of just fell in my lap, which I'm, I'm so thankful for. I, as you know, Rick, I've, I've done a lot of worship leading and um, for almost for as long as I've played guitar, and um, and so that's been a big part of who I've been as a musician, and so uh, two summers ago, I got the offer to um, do a youth camp in South Korea, and spent two weeks there, uh, which was just a really neat experience, and then um, came back and went to Africa that same summer with a group from our church and did music there and uh, a bunch of other stuff. And, and then this past summer, I um, actually got the chance to go back to South Korea and do the same youth camp, as well as doing a youth camp in uh, Chiang Mai, Thailand, and then in um, Hawaii as well. So it was... Uh, it, it's been a huge blessing. I, I just, I'm so thankful and will forever be grateful for those opportunities to get to uh, 
sort of experience, uh, you know, people and culture and that sort of thing while still doing something very familiar as music and worship. And um, it's been neat, too, to, uh, in these travels, to not only do worship leading, but I've also had the opportunity to play little concerts and, and play my own material. And so to see to see how people react and embrace it, you know, in a foreign land is just, is really cool too. I, I just can't, I can't say how thankful I am to have had that chance. That is, that's awesome. Um, and it really does give you a different perspective. I've only gotten to actually like do music out of the country one time and that was in Nairobi. And, yeah. uh, but man, it just, it really changes your whole perspective and, and really, you know, kind of makes me feel like a, a a wimpy Christian when I look at some of the <laughs> the stuff yeah. that they go through. You know, just to get to the house of worship, sometimes is amazing. Uh, yeah. But such such wonderful people that you get to meet. So, well, yeah. so while we're on the topic of uh, of worship leading and stuff like that, I know that you and your wife had done some music a while back, and you were kind of it was kind of your I don't know like your sub label like LV worship you know <laughs> type thing. Yeah. Are you guys still doing some of that? Because you had some beautiful worship songs that you'd written, and you know, uh, just wondering if you're still doing that. Thank you. Um, no, we actually aren't, and uh, that's really okay. It it kind of uh, it was great for we did it. We traveled, you know, pretty much full time for two years, and um, was really a great time. But it just kind of uh, it kind of ushered us into a new chapter in our lives together, and. And so, uh, Laura Simpson has, has done, um, has gone through cosmetology school and is a hairstylist in town and really has just found that to be sort of her passion and which has been really neat. And then, uh, for me, I've just kind of really felt the Lord's kind of leading me out of a time of, of being a worship leader. Um, so it's been really interesting and weird at the same time to kind of step out of a role that's been so familiar, but, it's been really rewarding to see, um, you know, how the the songwriting piece has, has sort of come to a new height, which um, which is and really neat. So I say all that to say that I feel like the the page has been turned a little bit um, for us and for me, even as a musician, and um, but and but still feel very thankful for all those experiences and, and love them. Hmm. So now, does that mean you get to be a guinea pig for new hairstyles and things like that? Well, I think if I had better hair, that would probably would work. But you know, Rick, I, I've kind of got a little receding thing going on, and and it's just I don't know anything about that. I, <laughs> I've got to I've got to work with what I've got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I always feel like. You know, you, you can tell Laura that you know if I had hair, I'd let her be my hairstylist. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be sure to tell. Her. But, you know, as as the saying goes, God only made so many perfect heads and the rest he de- decided to put hair on. So uh, that's that's just something we have to live with. So. That's a good one. Wow. Well, that's great. But that, now let me ask you this. I know you're not currently, like, traveling together doing worship music um, much anymore, but is, is the LV worship something that's still out there, some of the music people can hear? Uh, I, yeah, I think it's... Um I think it's still on iTunes and that sort of thing. We just did a little three-song EP that uh, songs that I'd written and um, and that were kind of made for more congregational worship. So I think if you actually search EL Worship on iTunes, I, it should still be there. But you know, I haven't looked in a while. But yeah, if if you're gonna find it, that would be where to find it. EL, you know, I've been saying it wrong the whole time. Uh, EL Worship. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there, no problem. No yeah. problem. Sorry, you, you should have just, you know, you know me well enough. You could have said, you moron, you're saying the wrong thing. But anyway. No, don't worry about it at all. <laughs> That's like there's a uh, there's a radio host down here at one of the, um, at the NPR station here locally. Uh-huh. And, and uh, there's a, a person on the on in the afternoon, a DJ named uh, David Dye. And a, another DJ at that station was having a friend of mine who's a singer-songwriter on as a guest that day, and his name is Daniel Dye. And, <laughs> and, she, and she just kept calling him, uh, she kept calling him David Dye the whole time, which was her, co- you know, her friend that's a DJ there. And he said, I'm sorry, you're not David, you're Daniel. And then, so it was another one of those great moments of, you know, an artist trying to get his name out there, and she kept saying it wrong the whole time, so. That's uh, 
Well, let me uh, let me ask you this because yeah. we're we're actually getting close to the end of the questions I have for you, but um, I, I'm going to ask you actually the same question that I that I asked Daniel Die. Uh, he was one of my very first guests back many many months ago now on the podcast, and um, I I asked him this question of how do you well first of all I'll preface it and say um, we all have ways that people look at us or things that they think of when they hear our music. Uh, but what do you, and this is a really kind of a challenging question, how do you want people to think of you when they hear your music? Hmm. Well, that's, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I think that something that I've longed to do since that music even became a passion for me was just to be as tangible and real as possible. And so I I think that my ultimate goal is to deliver songs and to live my life in a way which which feels very honest and real. And so I feel like if I ever get to a point where I'm writing songs that I don't feel like come from a real place, then I will have kind of lost sight of, of, of what music is for me. You know, I, I feel like it's an outlet to to really just kind of communicate my heart and the things going on in my world and the way I view the world and, you know, how I'm trying to cope with, with doubts and fears and questions and everything like that. So I think that I would hope to be perceived as honest and as, as real, you know, I don't really have a better word for that as, as possible. And, and I think that if, if my songs are able to do that, then that, you know, no matter how, big or small my career may look, I think if I can reach a point where people really get it and, and can associate with it, then that will definitely be success for me. Hmm. Good answer. Well, um, it has been really fantastic to have you today, and uh, I, I'm glad to have you as, as a friend and a fellow musician, and occasionally um, I, I have the privilege of getting to play with Eric once in a while, and I've even crashed on his couch at his house uh, whenever I've come through town from time to time in Nashville and needed a place to stay. So, true story. Yeah. So thanks for thanks for always being a good friend and being there. Tell uh, tell my listeners if you would just give some information where they can find you and your music at online or various other places. Yeah. Um, just uh, iTunes is probably the best place. Just search for my name, Eric Vinson, V-I-N-S-O-N, or um, I've got, you know, I'm on Facebook and Twitter, and that's probably the, the best way to kind of keep tabs on me. And I'm not playing a lot of shows right now, but look to be doing a lot more stuff in the summer. And, uh, and yeah, and that would be the best place to keep track of any new music or anything like that. But I just, this has been so fun, Rick. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's my, my pleasure. And what is that about summertime anyway? Because I, like have these long dry spells in the winter. Nobody wants to book a concert, and then summertime I can hardly find a chance to be at home because people are just booking me like crazy. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> like, a good problem to have for you. For yeah. Sure. For me, uh, I mean, I, you know, by day I am a third grade teacher, and by night I am a songwriter. And, and so for me, my, you know, my August through May is is my day times are pretty shot. So that kind of limits yeah. my traveling. You know, there I'm kind of limited to weekend travel, um, you know, during the year, which has been fine, but uh, the summer I'm wide open, so that allows me to take the road. I would have loved it if you would have just said, that by day I'm a teacher and at night I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I can't reveal my true identity. Ah, oh, man. Well, I don't want to reveal it for you either, but he is. Um, you can see him nightly in Nashville at the Batman building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What is that? The Bell South building, or has it changed its name now? No, it's the uh, it's the AT and T building. AT and T. I'm man. I'm not doing very well about calling things by their proper names today. But it, you know, well, it looks exactly like Batman. Well, so. my guest today has been John Edwards. Thanks for being <laughs> here with us. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, hey Eric, it's been great to have you, and we're gonna end the recording about right here. But to all my listeners, I do recommend. You check out Eric's music. He would appreciate it, and uh, I would appreciate it because he's a name that needs to be out there, and his music is really worthy of your time. Uh, I promise uh, you will not. Uh, you will be hard pressed to find a better songwriter today anywhere. So uh, don't just go for whatever's popular on the number one sites at things like iTunes and stuff, because 
a lot of that stuff is uh yeah, it's okay but you know if you really dig deep and actually find some people that um don't get to be heard all the time because the market's so saturated uh, you will not be disappointed when you get to eric's music and uh, he's got some very strong music and you need to listen to it and um, go to your facebook pages go to your twitter accounts go to wherever you have social networks and uh, make sure and put links to Eric Benson's music on there. Let's get the word out about him. So, well, Eric, thank you so much. And thanks, Rick. You're too kind. Blessings to you. Blessings to you, sir. You've been listening to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee James. If you'd like to know more about me and my ministry, my music, my life, go to my website at rickleejames.com. You can also download my free mobile app from iTunes and on the Android Marketplace. And I'd love this to be a community experience, so if you call 937-505-0162, you can leave feedback, you can give me suggestions for future shows, you can even record comments that I can play on the next podcast. So let's make this something really great together. 937-505-0162. Thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head, the official Rick Lee James podcast. God bless.